You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Good morning, SciFair Christian Church. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning. If this is your first time visiting, we're extra thankful that you've chosen to visit with us. Uh, we want to make sure that we welcome you well. So if this is your first time on your way out, stop at our information desk. We've got some information for you, a small gift, and hope that you enjoy your morning here. Um, as we get ready to launch into our service, uh, hopefully you notice a lot of younger faces around Quest Kids is joining you guys today, and and we want to make them a part of the service. So I'd like to introduce my friend Navea. Navea is going to do the announcements this morning. Okay. This spring we have a number of special services scheduled as we celebrate Lent and Easter. They are listed in the bulletin, and we would love it if you made plans to join us. Then on Easter Sunday, make plans to be at church early because our CFCC men's ministry is treating the church family to a pancake breakfast. This summer, Engage Students Discipleship has some amazing opportunities for both our middle school and high school students. But be sure to look in your bulletin for information about our high school backpacking trip in Colorado and our city services mission trip for students who will be in seventh grade or higher next school year. Now please stand and join me in the call to worship. All who labor and are heavy laden and... Oh, sorry. You're fine. (laughs) Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn for, for me, for I am gentle and lowly, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Excellent. Amen. Amen. Will you say a word of prayer with me here? Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for an opportunity to, to express our gratitude for you, God, to, to, to sing out these songs and these words as a symbol of our hearts. And we pray that you're glorified in what happens today in every aspect of the service, Lord, that we would just cry out to you. We would return to you, that we would see you for all Uh, the beauty uh, that you hold in all of your righteousness and all of your holiness. Thank you, Father, for the gospel, that your burden is easy. Your burden is, is, is light compared to the things of this world. And might we run to Jesus here today. Father, we thank you for this day, and we lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. My name's Robert Hanrads, and I'm one of the elders here at um, Cypher Christian Church, and it is an honor to be in that that position. I think very often what we tend to think about our children is that they are the church of the future. And really they're not. They're the church of the now. 
And uh, so we are so thankful for the children's ministry that we, we have that is so strong and ongoing here at the, at the church. And that is largely in part to Travis Wright, our children's director, and, um, and the great work that he does throughout the week. There's a lot to arrange and a lot to organise and a lot of emails, and, uh, and so thank you, Travis. If you go through to the Impact Centre now, which is the building in that direction, and take a wander through, actually not now, because this is an exceptional week with, with all the children being here as part of our service, um, which we're so, so glad to have them here. Um, but if you did go through there, say, next week, and you took a little walk through that lower level, you will see babes in arms being held by volunteers, rocking in chairs, you know, it's just, just an amazing thing to see. You will see in uh, another classroom, or another two or three classrooms, children of different ages, uh, with their volunteers that are being told stories. I remember not too long ago being over there and a little girl just, I was sitting on the floor reading a story, actually it was quite a long time ago I suppose now, but I remember being there and this little girl that was so awkward for the week one that I had read her story and week two, just part of this larger group. Week three, she decided that I was okay and she kind of just backed up like this and doosh, down into my lap she came and it was like I was her favourite armchair. I was truly blessed. So, yeah, you wander around there and you see different activities with the children. And you go upstairs into, uh, again, in the impact centre and uh, you'll see the kids K through fifth grade uh, in a larger group being ministered to by, by Travis, um, being told stories, shown videos, impacting the reason that we are here to celebrate, and that is Christ. Setting them on a good footing um, as they go forward into their their lives and to accept Christ, pointing them as they go forward. Um, it's heavily reliant on volunteers. And uh, so as we move into this time of offering, I would ask that you consider what you might be able to do as a volunteer in the children's ministry. And if that is something that you feel you'd like to do, Travis is the guy to talk to. So thank you for that. We're going to have a video, uh, some, some of our young friends and, and family, brothers and sisters in Christ are going to tell us something about what they think about giving. And um, when that's happening, we'll, we'll um, ask for the offering to be taken. But uh, before that, let's pray. So Jesus, we, we are here in the name of Jesus by your Holy Spirit, Father. And we take this moment just to pause and to thank you for the blessing of salvation, for the blessing of the cross and we put ourselves before that cross now, Father. Uh, we rejoice in the name of Jesus. We ask that you minister to us as we uh, are here gathered as congregation. And we ask that you give us the hands and the feet to minister to each other in love as shown by you. We rejoice in your name, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. Do you know what tithing is? Uh, no. Well, it's when we give money um, to God. So, uh, sometimes people call it offering at church. Oh, oh, I know it. It's we, we pretend and it's the 
Well, that's close. That's communion. Tithe is the time when we give the put the money in the basket. Oh, all right. You see, that happens at the end. Why do we tithe? Uh, because God says so, and it's good. It's all the kids can school. We tithe so we can so we can help one another. the people that don't have the money so we can give money to the people that need the money the most because like, how much people can live and give it and give them food and they can see because it helps the church out and it keeps and, and if you give money for offering like it helps other people out and it helps with the church and everything. So like, just for say, like if I gave money to the offering basket at church, um, it would help other people out that needed money so they're not homeless that much. We can, we can give, donate the money to people in need and rebuild something that's been on fire and to help. Why do we do that? So, because you, because we're helping in Kenyan kids, because the church also helps people in Kenya. Okay, are there any other reasons that we give our money at church? Uh, to, to help out people that are not feeling in what LA and are sick. Why do you think God wants us to give our money? Because uh, because we are kind and if, and it's and it's kind to offer money to the homeless people and other people who need and who needed other things. Does he need our money? No. Why why should we give if God doesn't need our money? Because it's the right thing to do. Why is it the right thing to do? I don't know everything. Oh, you don't? No. I th you're eight years old. I thought you were supposed to know everything by now. <laughs> you're adult. You should know everything. A lot of people say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. They pray like this, actually. Thank you, God, for everything. Thank you for the money. Thank you for everything. Uh, I love you, and with all my heart, and everything that you gave us, it helps out really much. Thank you, God and Jesus. That's how it is most of the time because they're so happy for it. What do you think the church does with the offerings we give? I think the church does... Uh, I think the church makes new buildings, like makes new churches, and then buys new fun activities for the kids. Give it to schools that need it. What do you think the church does with the tithes we give? Uh, give kids bicycles. Anything else we, you would like to add? Hmm. No. Say bye. Bye. They are amazing. I love those kids. They're fantastic. Okay, so since we have the kids here, I get to share a little bit this morning. 
But I have said over and over and over, it's easy for me to talk to kids. Talking to you guys is terrifying. So to help me out, I would love if the kids just came up to these front rows so I have my people up here. So if you're one of my kids, come on up here. While they do that, I am going to put a tray of goodness up here. Just on the the pews right there. That's good, man. One of... My family's things that we like to do together is to watch YouTube videos together. And when I was getting ready for today, one of the YouTube videos that I thought about was something called taste tripping. And, and, and taste tripping is you use a tablet from a fruit called the Miracle Berry. And the Miracle Berry has a unique property. It changes the receptors on your taste buds temporarily and sour things taste really, really sweet. And as I got to thinking about it, I said, well, I want to do this in front of everybody, but I can't ask for the kids to be a volunteer because then they'll, they'll turn into a brawl of all of them wanting to do this. So I need an adult volunteer. And so I want Kevin to help me. (laughs) All right, Kevin, you need to take one of these tablets. Just let it dissolve on your tongue. Do you want to try this stuff first? Okay, so we have a variety of things for Kevin to try um, before he takes the Miracle Berry tablet. We have some lime wedges. We have some lemon wedges. We have some Granny Smith apple. Uh, we have some clementine. And then the ones that I'm the most excited about, we have apple cider vinegar. And, and we have sauerkraut. So go ahead and dive into some of those. We'll get some feedback. <laughs> you guys, this, this sauerkraut smells so special up here. I cannot wait to get this out of here. So it's a little tart, a little tangy, but... Okay. Sure. That's probably the sweetest item, is the clementine. Okay. Make sure this is ready for you. Okay. Okay. Who doesn't want to start their Sunday by by eating some lemons? We're never going to be invited back. He's... (laughs) Sauerkraut or apple cider vinegar. No, I've got a spoon. You can pour it into a spoon. I'm not a savage. It's awful, guys. See, this is, this is why we love Kevin. Just straight sauerkraut on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's going to be a better experience once he has the Miracle Berry, I promise. I, 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 you can drink it or you can use the spoon. That's almost better because that's sauerkraut and vinegar mixed together. I like this. It's not great. 
You can do it. You got it. It's fantastic. This is my favorite week. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's see if we can make this experience better. Let's see if we can change this experience. It's got to be better. It's got to be better. Grab one of the Miracle Berry tablets. You just let it dissolve on your tongue. It takes a little bit of time. Sit down. Yeah, that works. Just watching him, I need to clear my mouth. I came prepared. I brought water. I don't have any for him. Uh, The nice thing about teaching the kids is when we do this kind of stuff, they connect it to the Bible really, really easily. And and in just a little bit, we're going to do that. We're going to connect it to some events in the life of Paul. And we're going to show how Kevin's experience is a good reminder for how we approach all the things that happen in our lives. How are we doing on the tablet? Still dissolving? You getting close? Okay. I, I've, I tested this. I'm so excited for when he tastes this stuff with the Miracle Berry tablet because it's such a different experience. If you guys want to see more of this, there's all kinds of videos on YouTube where people try stuff. Um, the, the response that you see a lot is like, oh, lemons now taste like lemonade. Are, are you close? Are you ready? I'm getting close. Getting close. Okay. So we'll have them try all those things again. We'll see if it's a better experience. And then we'll show how Miracle Berry tablets and Paul are connected. All right. Is enough time, you think? I think so. I think we're good. I hope, I hope so. Right. So let's start start simple with like the orange. With the orange, okay. Th- that one has vinegar on it. You probably want this oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now these are normally pretty sweet. This makes it way sweeter. You got this, dude. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, yeah. so now now the fear is gone. Uh, I thought that the lime and the lemon were pretty fantastic. Still a little tart, but that's good. Yeah. You, you get your mouth registers that it's tart, but then your brain tells you, no, 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 this is really sweet. I'm excited for this one. He went back in to get more. All right. It, it, it tastes like lemonade now, right? Yes. He's going in for more of the lime. All right, now these are, this is the big test. I've heard that the apple cider vinegar tastes like apple juice. I wasn't brave enough to test the vinegar. I'll save that for last. Yeah. Mm. Have you tried this? No, it's sauerkraut, man. It's a spoonful of sauerkraut. I'm saving that for you. That's still gross. That's, <laughs> That's amazing. That's my favorite. It's maybe less gross. All right, the vinegar. Thank you. <laughs> it, it still terrible. smells awful. My brain is telling me not to eat yeah. this. See? I love this. Thank you so much. Give Kevin a round of applause.
so here's the thing, guys. When we decide that we're going to have Jesus in our lives, that we're going to follow him, and that we're going to put our faith and trust in him, Jesus should change us as much as the miracle berries changed Kevin's taste. And the way we interact with and experience people should change. And we see that happen in Acts chapter 7. So we've talked about Paul upstairs in Quest Kids a lot, right? Paul went all over telling people about Jesus, and not everybody was happy about it. And in Acts 27, Paul had been arrested. And he was getting ready to be sent back to Rome to stand trial. And he knew he was going to be put on a ship. But the problem is, Paul also knew the area that he was in, the weather was going to get bad because every year at that time, the weather got really, really bad. And so, Paul went to the centurion, that's kind of like the head soldier, and was like, I don't think it's wise to get on this ship. We shouldn't sail for Rome now. There's going to be storms. They're going to be awful. This is a bad idea. And the centurion ignored him, completely ignored him. He was like, listen, the captain says we're good. We're good. We are going to get on the ship. And once they got on the ship, just like Paul said, the weather turned bad. And it wasn't bad for a day or two days or three days. There were weeks of storms. Now, Paul could have handled this very differently. He could have been really angry because he was ignored. His life was put in danger by being on this ship where he was already a prisoner. Would that stuff make you guys happy? No, I'd be angry. But Paul doesn't react that way because Paul follows Jesus. See, when he brought Jesus into his life, it changed everything, just like the miracle berry changed Kevin's taste buds. Because of Jesus, in the middle of all those storms, Paul isn't sitting down in the lower part of the ship thinking about how awful his life is. Paul is praying and listening for God and giving thanks. And God sends an angel to Paul and says, hey, the ship is going to sink. You guys are in some trouble unless you do what I tell you. Now, Paul could have said, serves you guys right. You should have listened to me. You shouldn't have even arrested me. I want you to get what you have coming. But that's not what Paul does. He goes to the sailors and he goes to the soldier. He says, you guys have been working really hard for weeks fighting this storm. You haven't eaten. And God says this ship is going to sink unless we go to a certain spot. But before that happens, I want you guys to take a break and have some food. And Paul starts passing out bread to these people. The people that arrested him. The people that ignored him. The people that put his life in danger. He's like, are you guys okay? Let me take care of you. Let me serve you. Let me give you some bread. And my favorite part about all of it is that because... Paul reacted way differently than most people would. His actions were noticed. See, 
the soldiers on the ship, they had come up with a plan. The soldier said, well, Paul and the other prisoners that are on that ship, they're our responsibility. It's our job to make sure that they don't escape. But the ship's about to sink. They might escape while the ship sinks. And so the soldiers came up with a plan. It's an awful plan. Their plan was to kill all of the prisoners and to kill Paul. But the centurion, the head soldier, he had been watching Paul. And he had seen that even though Paul had been treated horribly, he didn't act like other people would have acted. Because of Jesus in Paul's life, his actions and his reactions were different than what was expected. And because of that, the centurion told his soldiers, you are not allowed to harm any of these prisoners. You're not allowed to hurt Paul. You're not allowed to kill Paul. You can't do anything to any of these prisoners. They're all going to try to make it to land with us. Because of Jesus in Paul's life, his actions were noticed. And because his actions were noticed, he impacted the lives of people he didn't even know about. And the same is true for us, guys. The same is true for us because when we decide to live for Jesus, we don't react the way we would expect. That sour stuff isn't sour to us. Because even though it might be hard, we know that Jesus is with us. And when people see you react differently than everyone else, that makes them go, hey, something, something's different about Drake or Camille or Kaylin. I wonder what it is. And that's an opportunity to share Jesus with people. And that's why how you react to the situations you're in matters. How you react when things aren't going well matter because it's an opportunity to show people Jesus in a situation where they don't expect to meet him. And I hope you guys remember that. Throughout this week, when you get up in the morning, think about the miracle berries and how they changed Kevin's reaction. And then think about letting Jesus change your reaction to the things that happen in your life during the day. Can we do that? Kids did awesome, did they not? Today we're going to continue talking just for a moment about the inevitable storms of life. The inevitable storms of life. You know, the the truth of the matter is we can learn a lot from these kids, can we not? We can learn a lot. You know, when we're fretting, when we're worrying, often kids don't worry about a thing. They're still having fun. They're still having a blast. I mean, sometimes ignorance really is bliss, is it not? You know, on staff, we've looked at some of these kids, some of our staff members' kids, and said, man, it would be incredible to live in their life, right? From the eyes of a child, the perspective of a child, I won't worry, worry about a thing. If you have a Bible and you'd like to turn there, turn to Acts 27. Acts 27, we're going to continue this theme 
um, that Travis introduced. And what we have here is Paul has been arrested. Um, He is being taken to Rome, the place that he knows God wants him to go. He is on a cargo ship from Egypt to Rome with another 270 plus prisoners. The centurion is over them. It is a grain cargo ship. Were it not for these ships from Egypt to Rome, Rome would not have made it. Do you hear that? So this grain is critical for the Roman Empire. So Paul is on this ship. Two words are used in Acts um, 27 to describe the storm that hits them almost immediately. One word is where we get our word typhoon. I mean, that's what all of us want, right? Is to be uh, or at sea on a ship when a typhoon hits, right? Isn't that what you want to experience, right? Uh, I don't think so. The other word is northeaster, all right? It's a wind and it doesn't represent it. Actually, it does. It's a wind literally from the north and a contrary wind from the east coming off the mountain ranges and hitting the sea. Again, a violent storm at the end of the year during the winter. Violent storm. Maybe it was a storm that looked kind of like this. Just look at the screen. God longs for our hope to be fixed in him during the storms of life. God longs for our hope to be fixed in him during the storms of life. You see, storms come in many shapes and many sizes, do they not? Storms come when we're young, Storms come when we're old. Storms come in many, many different forms. If you would look at verse 20. This was a storm. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. It's just dark. And no small tempest lay on us. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. They gave up hope. It's gone. It's not our hope was shaken. No, our hope was gone. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have listened to me. You should have listened to me and not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. 
Now, that's what we all want to hear from someone, right? I told you so, right? So you're in the middle of a storm. Your life is falling. I told you so, right? But he doesn't stop there. Yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid. The angel said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you and all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have said. Rough storm, difficulty, all hope is lost. It's just dark. Have you or are you going through a dark time in your life? There's a principle that's critical. And Paul knew that principle. You see, when you realize you belong to God, when you realize you belong to God, that's what Paul told these people. He said, the God to whom I belong and to whom I worship, the storm is raging. No light, all darkness, no stars. Because of the storm, when you realize you belong to God, it transforms your life. Remember Travis? It transforms your life. It changes everything. Is the storm taken away? You see, some believers, uh, they think that when you enter a relationship with Jesus, it does away with the storms of life. Now, is that true? Of course not. We still have storms. There's two storms in the Bible with people on ships that are very similar. You see, the, the sailors, they're actually throwing the cargo, the very reason they're on this ship, a cargo ship full of grain. They're throwing grain overboard. They're throwing tackle for the ship overboard to lighten the load. They've put out an anchor so that when the ship's going straight up and then going straight down, the anchor catches and causes resistance. They're doing everything possible. There was a man running from God who was on a ship that was about to sink his name was Jonah. He was a rebel. And yet there was a man who is totally obedient to God that we've heard of today. Just because you're all in with God and following him, it doesn't mean the storms of life are taken away. 
Paul's one of the greatest missionaries who's ever lived. And yet the ship he's on is about to go under. Look at verse 34. Travis alluded to it a moment ago. Uh, Not only does the realization that we belong to God transform our life, but look at what happens here. It's, It's so interesting to me. The same word Kevin talked about last week is the word, is a word found in these verses. So again, Paul's told them to eat. That's on day three. It is now day 14. The storm has been raging for 14 days. I don't know how they did it, but they put cables around the ship to secure the hull. They've done everything possible. Maybe you've done everything possible in your life during this storm. And yet the storm rages on. Paul says, therefore I urge you, he's talking to the crew, to take some food, eat, strengthen yourself, 14 days, eat, for it will give you strength for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Eucharisteo is the word. The storm's raging. And Paul gives thanks. Is that not crazy? to give thanks in the middle of the storm? All of us, when we realize we belong to God, can give thanks. And when we do, and when we do, it transforms our life. I'm going to ask those serving communion to come forward at this time. Eucharisteo. We give thanks for God's charis, his grace. We celebrate God's grace today, represented by the bread. Christ came to this earth, showed us how to live. He was the perfect image of God. He took on the form of a servant. He died on the cross. No one forced him to die. He chose to die so that you and I might belong to God. That we might worship God, that our relationship with God, we were going away from God and we're restored into relationship with God, not because of anything we do, but because all of what God has done for us. He buys us, He purchases us. 
We belong to him. Let's pray as we prepare our hearts for communion. Father, we thank you that communion is not just looking back to Christ's death. It is looking forward to our coming King to whom we belong. Father, we celebrate your grace as we come to this table. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate your faithfulness that whether we're in the midst of a storm or on smooth waters, we worship you. We proclaim your goodness, your faithfulness. You alone are worthy of our praise. We worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you come? There was a unique moment just before, just before the ship runs aground. Part of the crew is going to sneak away on the small vessel. They're lowering the boat. They're acting like they're going to put out more anchors. But the Bible says they're actually trying to escape. And Paul tells the centurion, unless you tell them to stop and come back, we will not be saved. You see, those soldiers were putting, those sailors were putting their security in this lifeboat. You say, well, Dale, guys, a lifeboat can't make it through a typhoon. I don't know what storm you're experiencing or what storm might be ahead in your life. But you know what those sailors did? They cut the ropes on the lifeboat and they let it go. There are some things in your life you're placing your security in. You see, your hope isn't really fixed in God right now. It's fixed in this thing other than God. And you might not know it. You might not see it. But it is a false security. It's not real. It looks real. It's not real. Maybe today, you need to let go of that which you're trusting in other than God and say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for placing my hope in something other than you. You are my hope. You are my rock. You are my strong tower. You are the one that when the waves feel like they're about to go over my head, you are the one I hope in. You will find 
him faithful to carry you through the storm, not to remove the storm, but to carry you through the storm. I hope you'll do that. I've done that many times in my life. I still forget to place my ultimate hope in him. I go into a storm and I try, start trying to fix the storm. We can't fix the storm. Our prayer partners are up front. We have prayer partners in back. They would just love to pray with you. Maybe you're praying for a friend, a child, a parent going through a storm. Maybe you just need to pray. Let's worship. Let's pray right now. Father, sometimes we need children to remind us that we're all still growing. (laughs) That we all, um, in some ways, are, are just starting in our faith. And so, God, we ask that your spirit would fill our lives, that you'd open our eyes to these places we need to grow, and that you'd give us faith, Lord. We can't even have faith without you. Like the the centurion, I believe, help my unbelief. Give us the faith to rest in you in the midst of whatever's going on in our life. That we might be an example to others in the world of the kind of joy that Jesus brings us regardless of our circumstances. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the body coming together together to encourage one another. Send us out, Lord, to be a light to this community. We pray these things in the strong name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.